Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink Doink Connection, the podcast where David and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 59. Where are we go? 59? 51. 51. Sheesh, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, way ahead. This is episode 51, where we're going to be going over the Monday Night Raw episode from November 30th, 2020. We're sorry. We've been having issues figuring out schedules. Well, it's been more than figuring out schedules. It's been the global bass that has been getting in the way as well, so. Yes, but... Anyway, we're going to jump uh, right back into this. Uh, we're going over Monday Night Raw, and we are trying to figure out a a schedule and kind of a recording idea. We're going to try and start recording remote, so that way we don't have to be together to record, so that way we can just jump on whenever we need to. Yep. We're going to try and figure that out. If it works, cool. If not, we'll figure out some sort of schedule at some point. Anyway, let's stop talking about that. Let's start talking about Raw. This week's Raw... My opinion was pretty good. No, it was middle. It was, it was middle of the road. Yeah, to me. it wasn't. It wasn't a standout raw like we have like after Mania or after Survivor or whatever. It was a pretty good raw. It's it's building up to TLC. We have a new number one contender for the WWE Championship yep. against Drew McIntyre. Uh, looks like we're building for a new United States Championship feud. Yep, which looks good. A woman's competitor is. Proving herself in the women's division in, in odd ways, yeah. but we'll get to that in a little bit. And in my opinion, the greatest built character in modern professional wrestling history, meaning the last five to ten years, is continuing to build their mystique. Yes. By the advancement of another couple of characters being put into their story, and that's what opened the show. Yes. The Fiend... Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. You're, you're building off of something you built, what is it now, six years this, ago? So this feud uh, started WrestleMania 2017. So it was three years ago. Three years ago, okay. WrestleMania 33 in 2017 was their first match against each other. That was the the AV spectacular that was. Yeah, with the with the grubs and, and yeah. stuff. Yep. Dumb. But then you had the House of Horrors match, which was pretty decent. It was a, it was their first real dabbling in cinematic matches, in my opinion. Okay. Um, this feud, this iteration of their feud, is going to be leaps and bounds better. Because you're actually giving Bray Wyatt a character that is legitimate. A actual build. They're not just... Saying, oh, these guys are friends, and then they're not friends, and then they're starting to feud over the title, blah, blah, blah. This is a blood feud. There yeah. is no title involved. Yeah, because if you look back um, over the last few Raws, any time that Bray Wyatt has been on screen as the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt, he kind of goes blank, and always in the background is the, the Wyatt compound yeah. on fire in that painting. So you can see where he was going with his his idea of his next feud. And he had hinted at that when Randy was champion. Because that's the thing about Wyatt that I've come to the realization with after 30 years of The Undertaker. And mm-hmm. something that was said on the Broken Skull session. Wyatt doesn't need a belt. No. Just like Undertaker didn't need a belt. It was the mystique of Undertaker was enough. Yeah. And the thing was, is once Undertaker had you in his sights... You can't get out of it. You can't until get he's out of it. And once he started going after the belt, like if he was in a title program, mm-hmm. it was like, wow, how do you stop this guy? And you have to remember, Undertaker was always booked as a babyface. He was that monster 
baby face. So the problem is once you put a belt on him, who's necessarily going to take it off of a guy who never really loses? Yeah. And that's where you ran into the problems with The Fiend was that you put the belt yeah. on him and it's like, who do you take it off so of? So the only way that he dropped the belt, so he had the belt twice, dropped the belt twice. One, he lost it to Goldberg, but that's because Goldberg's booked to the moon. Booked to the moon and the thing was is Goldberg was never part of The Fiend's grand plan no as as bray wyatt explained on a later instagram post he goes he's not part of the plan he was a hiccup in the road but he's not part of the plan i have other plans yeah and this is another part of that plan correct so i've noticed the fiend is like revenge driven almost well yeah yeah i mean people that have done him wrong in his previous iteration of swamp brain just start with finn balor yeah just start with finn balor <laughs> he, when the demon when the demon shut down Bray. Yeah. But um and the only, the other time he lost it, he didn't lose the belt. No, Strowman did. Strowman was pinned yes. in that triple threat yes. to Roman. So the thing about the fiend is he doesn't need the belt to be relevant and whatever the fiend does is relevant. So when you have this program that Bray Wyatt's basically controlling through this 3-year-old feud, yeah, going on 4-year-old feud, you're you're allowing a lot of the the wheels to turn properly for someone like Bray Wyatt, and at the end of the day, the Fiend is going to come out on top in mm-hmm. this because it's weird how they book him in this really ominous and scary presence. It was almost like I said, the same way they kind of booked the Undertaker with this ominous presence to him. And yeah, what was the Undertaker's first big thing he ever did? Okay, yeah, he showed up at Survivor Series, but you have to remember, he won his first world championship off of Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. the the American hero. Eat your vitamins and say your prayers. That's who The Undertaker beat. He was a heel at that point. But then all of a sudden, the fans transitioned and saw him more as a babyface because he was taking out people like Kamala, and he was taking out people like Giant Gonzalez, and he was taking out people like Jake the Snake Roberts, and he was doing... He was beating all these other heels, so he ended up in turn becoming a face. No, and that's where the fiend, I believe, is heading. Is the- I think so too, because he's going to start going after all the bad guys. Because his original title feud was with Seth Rollins, who at that point was a face, was the biggest baby face probably in yeah. the in the entire WWE. And then it flipped. Yeah, and then you have to remember Finn went- Balor, Finn Balor, face Daniel Bryan. Face to heel to face again. Yeah, I mean Daniel Bryan can flip on a switch, which is perfectly yeah. fine. He plays both sides very well. But you you look at everybody what's cons- that he's had a, that he's taken on has gone back to an alternate version of yeah. themselves. Almost. Braun Strowman. Yeah, you know I mean Braun so, Strowman came into that as a face, and then he left it as a heel because you got to remember he dumped Alexa Bliss like he mm-hmm. dropped her from, yeah. with a with a body press. So yeah. it's just one of those things where um this feud this build up has been picture perfect and i like like we had discussed before we were recording how randy thinks he's got to jump on wyatt yeah with this whole alexa bliss angle when in actuality that's not going to no, be the fiend's so, weakness that so makes- it's it's the fiend so the moment of bliss segment essentially was bliss calling out randy for their former feud with bray and all that such and randy saying that um this guy, he thinks he's in my head, but he's never going to be in my head. Yeah. And I only she have can, my voices that are yeah. in my head. And, and then she was like, are the voices the ones lying to you or are you lying to them and what have you? Lights go out and it comes back up and sh- she's being held onto in almost a cradling position by Randy. And the fiend is almost begging for her back. As soon as fiend gets her back, 
Randy scoots out of the ring and is kind of laughing and says, who's laughing now? That's a whole mind game in itself by The Fiend where Randy thinks that he's getting into his head and that the weakness is Alexa and such like this, where in actuality, she's just another pawn in The Fiend's game, in my opinion. Yes, she means something to Bray, but I don't think she actually means something to The Fiend. But The Fiend has to play that character to get back into Randy's head to eventually demolish Randy Orton. Yeah. It, it's going to be an it's going to be a competitive match. It's not going to be a squash by any means, but it will be a demolition of Randy Orton. Yeah. Because that's how every Fiend match ends up but being. But that's the thing is that Randy Orton doesn't have the offense of explosive moves to take on someone like The Fiend. No. Like, like someone like Braun Strowman did or someone like you know Goldberg did. Se- uh, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins doesn't have explosive moves either. So every time Seth Rollins had a victory over the Fiend, it always involved some type of shenanigans. Whether it was the that hammer, cr- that crappy Hell in a Cell match that they had, or Just thank God this or, year's was better. Or Jetta when he threw him off the stage into the electricity and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There was always Fiend won in Jetta. No, I know he did. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is, like, there's always been some kind of alternate element yeah. involved because he couldn't beat the Fiend one on one. He didn't have the explosion that, again, a Goldberg or a Roman Reigns or a, um, um, Braun Strowman. Yeah. Traditionally has versus someone like the Fiend. Yeah, I get what you're saying. All right, so I'm looking something up right now because I remember something that they mentioned on Raw last night. Do you want to start bringing in the Symphony of Destruction match? Oh, my God. Well, third iteration of the Symphony of Destruction. That's this what is, I'm looking this up. This is the third time. Um, I remember last year was against Braun Strowman, and Strowman ended up power slamming him on the piano, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so there, that was pretty much okay. the ending of the match. There. That's what it was. There's three total. Elias has been involved in all of them. I was trying to remember what the first one was because I remember it was Braun versus Elias. Yep. And now it's Elias versus Jeff. The first one was Braun and Elias against Shinsuke and Cesaro. Okay. That's what the first one was. Okay. So, um, and that was back in February. I will tell you this much: this match was kind of middling for me. Listen, I like both these guys. Um, the 24-7 stuff that kind of got into the beginning of it. Hey, it is what it is. Everyone's hunting down Ron Killings. I just hate seeing someone like Eric from the, the Viking, you know, Raiders. You know, unfortunately. Eric, just, Drew Galak, Grandma Talik, um, Lindsay Dorado. Dorado. Yeah. Um, Akira Tozawa. So they're all chasing down, you know, Ron Killings. and It is what it is. You know what I mean? But this match... To me, had I like the ending. I like the Swanton bomb through the table. I like the way it was all set up. I didn't like where it was positioned. And I watched I watched him set it up. And I'm watching it with Becky and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And the thing is, if you watch carefully after the match, Hardy threw an extra elbow into Elias. Like, hey man, you botched this for me. Like, it seemed like he was pissed about the way that he had fallen and stuff. Dude, you under-rotated. Yeah. You missed the spot. Yeah, if you if you rotated a little bit more if and you, kind of almost hit it as a as a bottom or a leg drop, yeah, you would have been a lot more safe because you wouldn't have flung your neck back. Yeah, dude. He hit his head on that bottom step. It was the right an- on the edge. Dude, the announces immediately. Everybody's like, oh my God. 
I so I was watching this and I had Meredith and I and I were on FaceTime while I was watching this and my thought immediately when I saw it I was like oh shit he cracked his head open oh yeah because I thought because I saw him reach for the back of his head I thought he was gonna move his hand and it was gonna be covered in blood yeah it wasn't dude's probably got a massive headache today yeah yeah for sure um I again. Jeff Hardy has done so many different things in his career that we've always said, you know, what the hell to. That was a dangerous spot that didn't need to be as dangerous as it necessarily was. Um, but listen, they know the spots, they set the spots, they know what they're doing. Um, it it was a it was a middling match until that spot. Like mm-hmm. it needed that spot to put it over the top. Yeah, you knew when the table was set up over there that they were going to do something through that table. Um, my favorite part was when Tom Phillips called a standing base a bassoon. Yeah, I yeah. was like, and then jo- Samoa Joe's like, "No, that's a base." Yeah. It's like, and and Meredith was like, "Oh, what is he gonna hit him with next? A clarinet?" The match was the match. You know, let this be the end of this program. It's probably not going to be because Elias still does not have the answers to the questions, and he still is blaming Hardy for what happened. Honestly, so it. It's not going to be the end, period. End of story. It's not going to be the end of this feud. Well, we all thought... I'd like it to be. I know. And I know they've done some building with it on main event as well, um, which we haven't highlighted. Yeah, Ricochet versus Jeff Hardy on the main event of main event. Yeah. That's like a a second hour of Raw match. To start the second hour. Yeah. Again, they're putting different people on different shows right now. Yeah. You know, maybe paying a little bit more attention to something like main event, something like 205, something like... Um, UK, UK. We, we we should stop because they're putting a lot of good people on these shows again. Yeah, I mean UK is back up and running, so there's always going to be good people on that. And we did talk Dragonoff versus Volta, but there's been some other really good matches. You just they just finished they just the finished uh, the uh, the Heritage, Heritage Cup between A Kid and Strat and Seven, A-Kid, and A Kid wins that. Yeah. Um, I just I, I look at this match, this feud. I would like it to be done. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be done. I think they're going to end up having one more big blow off match at TLC. Just you know, maybe a undercard, you know, um, match during the, the pre-show, pre-show or something, something like that. Yeah. I, that's just kind of where I would see this 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 feud finally being blown off personally, and maybe once again, which would I, I'm sick of Elias coming in out on the short end, and it's not because I'm a heel, okay? <laughs> it's just that I'm sick of seeing someone with the amount of talent that Elias yeah. has. Not he's got not getting over. Some of these guys, like personally, what I would like to see happen is okay, have let them have their match at TLC, have Elias come out on top, yeah, and, I want write, Elias and to go over and, and write Jeff Hardy off for just a little bit, so this way Elias can get his revenge, maybe move into another middling small feud or feud something. or something like that, where he screws over another baby <clears throat> face and then just go from there. Yeah, I could see something like that. Next was Retribution and Slapjack taking on Ricochet. Okay. As far as the match quality, match quality was good. These two guys being in the ring together, really good. The shenanigans during the match with the other guys from Retribution coming down, it's just annoying. Okay. The referee not giving any craps about the fact that these guys are consistently interfering in this match, kind of annoying. Okay. Those are the two things I didn't like. Takes away from the match. Clean finish though with Slapjack hitting his finishing move. Some finish. Yeah. Some kind of finish. Yep. Hitting his finishing move Albeit, again, Ali distracting Ricochet so this way that we get to that point. But again, the match quality, the move quality between these two guys in the match, really good. The promo at the beginning of the match, at least with 
both Ali and Slapjack talking was really good. And I do like Dana Brooke coming down, slapping Mustafa Ali and saying, where's your girl at? You know, yeah, that's such a she, match she, later she, in the night. She's not. She, where is she? Tell her. Tell her. You know, I owe her. So, good little like interweaving storylines kind of going on here. Mm-hmm. But like, if there's two guys being wasted right now, Dio Madden and I'm I'm calling them Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic, completely being wasted right yeah, now. Yeah, they're not Com- being they're not being used for anything. Complete outside of this whole <laughs> run in thing where it's three on one against Ricochet and Ricochet is able to take those two guys out. I'll be real with you. If Reckoning was being built as it should be, Dio Madden and, well, mm, you mean, not Reckoning, you mean um, um, T-Bar and Mace yeah, should be vying for those tag belts. They should be. You're right. Slabjack is that kind of other character, almost like Alexander Wolf was in Sanity. Yep. And then Mustafa Ali should be going after Hurt Business. And getting that U.S. title from Lashley, yeah, he should be is going, where that should be going. He should be going after a mid card title and reckoning. Should, I just think I just think the wrong mid card title is on the wrong show for these guys because I think you should have Mustafa would be a, a a much better intercontinental than a U.S. title uh, champion in my opinion. Yeah, I just think overall it would work out better yeah. having them going after um, Street Profits, the intercontinental title, yeah, um, the SmackDown Women's title, which is now on Banks, but. Oh my god, a Mia Yim versus Sasha Banks match I mean, would be incredible. Uh, well, I mean, Mia Yim versus Oscar would be incredible too. Yeah, it's. It, it, I just think they're on the wrong. But, I think they're on the wrong brand because I think they're just being utilized all wrong. Like they could be utilized very similar to the way Sanity was utilized in, you know, NXT, NXT when, yeah. when Sanity was at its peak. Yeah. Um, it's just sloppy. It's best yeah, way to put it. Very, it's very just much very so sloppy. It, I don't know what's going on. It's just sloppy. Next segment was Miss TV. Which, a lot more talking from Miz and Morrison. Mm-hmm. The entire, in the entire point of this segment was John Morrison and the Miz running into Sheamus and saying, "Drew McIntyre is not your true friend. Why are you helping him? Blah blah blah. He's not your true friend." And then they start attacking him, but Drew never runs out. So. Drew and Sheamus have a have a kind of a back and forth, and it was almost a comedy back and forth. Like, um, what you she- can handle yourself. And well, Sheamus like says, "Thanks for coming out uh, to help me out here." And Drew's like, "Well, I wouldn't expect you to come out and help me if they're yeah, in like, the same position because yeah. that's just what it is. That's how they are." So they are true friends, but it's it's a, it's an odd combination, dude. If you if you could telegraph a heel turn any more prominent right now, oh, I mean, Sheamus attacking, yeah, it's McIntyre, yeah. it's gonna happen. Um. The one thing I will say is I do like the Celtic warrior outfits that Seamus wears. I'd much rather have him dressed down with those suspenders, mm-hmm. his knuckles taped up, like an actual brawler. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that would be a really... That would be a great... I wouldn't say it's a character change, but almost like a rebrand. Yeah. Just I, change his look a little bit. Like his hair being down the way it was and after that, you know, he just pops off the scowl, he puts it on the ring post. So, yeah. Very similar to... um, Fit Finley? Well, Fit Finley or um the guy who just got hurt in NXT. Oh, um, um Rich Holland. Rich Holland. Yeah. Very similar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... um, Another thing where it's like a, a look change helps a guy... When they first brought Keith Lee out and he had those trunks 
and they look like basketball shorts. Yeah. And then he had some like weird shirt or whatever. Now that he just has the singlet, that almost goes back to his NXT attire. Yeah. Except well, he's got the top on. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't take too much away from it. It was those damn basketball shorts. He looked like Joe. <laughs> he looked like the Samoa Joe shorts. Yeah, he did. He had the Samoa and Joe only shorts. Samoa Joe can pull off the Samoa Joe shorts. Yeah, you are right. You are right. Anyway, um, continuing bickering back and forth between, but like friendly bickering like you and I do, um, bickering back and forth between <laughs> McIntyre and Sheamus, and that's kind of building up for the main event, which is the tag match. Yes. And then there's a face-to-face, I don't know if this actually happened later, but I'll mention it now, a face-to-face between AJ Styles, Jordan, um, and Miz and Morrison. Yeah, this was um, after AJ had won the triple threat. Yes, okay. This happened after so we'll get AJ, to that later. because what happened was is there was an interview backstage uh, regarding what's the plan in tonight's match yeah. and Morrison's like I got something and then him and Miz just went off screen and they find AJ Styles so. Yeah. so we'll get to that in a minute as we were talking uh, him and I were talking off screen and we mentioned Lana is now getting pins over Shayna Baszler of all people yeah yeah. Be albeit it. with the assist of Asuka and a knee to the head from Asuka but it's still a visual pinfall after Shayna Baszler just said in the back that the biggest disappointment you can have as a professional athlete is losing to Lana, she actually is clean pinned by Lana. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are Lana and Oscar, ta- Oscar taking those tag belts off? Them? Oh my god, I this is this is where I'm disappointed. This is where I got disappointed in Monday Night Raw was all the women's stuff, whether it was this match or it was Reckoning versus Brooke. Dana Brooke. Okay. Here is my problem. You have no tag teams set up right now to take these belts and even compete against Baszler and Jax. And now the problem is, is you had tag teams. I was just you say, had the iconic. You had a legitimate tag team. You broke split them up. them up just to put Peyton Royce into another, another tag, tag team, team with Dana Brooke. No, with no, with Lacey um, Evans. Lacey Evans. Okay, so you 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 had tag teams. And they split up. You had now, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville in yep. now, Fire and Desire. Okay, but listen, that's personal stuff. That's yeah. why Sonya Deville is off TV. Understand? Right She's dealing with that. You had Oscar and Kyrie Sane again. Personal stuff. Kyrie Sane went back home. It's things that you can't control. But you've done nothing to build tag teams against for the, for this championship thing. Okay, that's problem one. Problem two is why is your Raw Women's Champion in a tag? team program why is she not in a singles program in a singles program being chased by someone like reckoning mm-hmm. by mia yim why is it that mia yim can't be going after each person individually to get to oscar like going through the totem pole and taking out a dana brooke backstage and then i mean dana brooke beat her this week with the roll up but that shouldn't be happening it should be reckoning is taking Everybody. She's taking out. names. She's taking names and she's taking everyone out. Why is it that you had to have Nia Jax and Baszler? Albeit, it's because Nia Jax hurt Mandy Rose, but why couldn't it be that you have a segment backstage where Mandy Rose can't get to the ring because she's yeah. been attacked backstage? Yeah. And it's reckoning the one who takes her out. And then it's the same thing with Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. But she gets taken out in the ring. And then she moves on from Dana Brooke to Alana. And she beats Lana and then she take whatever however you want to set this up to get to an Oscar reckoning match I again it's 
it's this weird way that they've booked retribution i just don't understand yeah. in a weird way that they're booking their women's tag team division in a weird way they're booking their raw um women's champion because smackdown's not having this problem no they have a great program they have a great program and going they have on a right lot now. of people coming up right there behind it exactly so it's funny that raw came out on top on both survivor series matches yet somehow out of the men's program you've gotten these really well placed droplets of what's going to happen within the men's program. Braun Strowman's off TV because of an injury. You had AJ. Braun's injured. Yes, that's Braun was the from what was rumored. Braun was the initial plan against Drew. He's going to have Monster versus um, um, McIntyre. You know what I mean? But Braun hurt his knee at Survivor Series. Okay, so that's why I wasn't he aware did the Adam okay. Pearce thing. And that makes a lot of sense now. Suspended indefinitely. Okay, so. <laughs> The fallback was the triple threat match, which had everyone had to have their matches. That's what ended up happening is three more members of that team, which is Styles, Lee, and Riddle. Riddle ended up getting into the triple threat match. Sheamus lost his match against Riddle, who was the guy who was annoying him the most on the team. Yeah. So again, the little sprinkling, spider webs, and it spread out and it and it's worked out really nicely. What's happened with the the Raw team? Okay. You have the Lana, tag team. Lana was the winner. Yeah. Okay. You have Soul the tag Survivor. team of uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yep. Who have no program. No. And okay. then you have Peyton Royce, Lacey Evans. Nothing's happened with them too. Peyton Royce got a clean clean pinfall over the former Bailey. women's uh, SmackDown tag team. Uh, tag SmackDown champion. Cha- champion. Yeah, exactly. And she's gotten nothing for it. She Again, she could have been another column on the totem pole mm-hmm. as Reckoning got to the top. But again... They've booked it all wrong. Listen, I have no problem with this underdog story that they're doing. And obviously, Lana's taking her lumps and she's being rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Okay? She, she, McMahon may have woken up one day and been like, okay, I think nine was enough. I think yeah. we sent that message. She's, she's sitting here. She's working with us. You know what? Let, let's give her, let, let's let's give give her, her a title shot. A title shot. Whatever it is. She had her title shot against Oscar, got interrupted, and now they're on this tag team program. Just end it, please. Which, so we'll back we'll backtrack to Survivor Series. I think if they really wanted to give her that big moment and have her win, they did it in an odd way, but they did it in a right way where she doesn't get a clean pin over anybody because she would have had to clean pin Bianca Belair, and that would absolutely knock her down multiple pegs. Yeah, but Bianca Belair looks weak because she looks dumb because she's supposed to be the smartest, the bestest, the fastest. Yeah, she and looks... she looked dumb by getting counted out. Okay, so she's not definitely the smartest if she got counted out. <laughs> but she pinned Shayna. She no, com- she didn't pin Shayna. She didn't pin Shayna. No, Shayna got disqualified because oh, she wouldn't right. relinquish the hold. That's right. So then she mind. was passed out underneath the ropes, and then she came to, and her and Nia Jax fought outside, and Nia Jax got counted out. So she looked weak anyway. She, yeah, it's, to a point. I was not happy at all with the way that match out came out, and we've already discussed that. Can we not go tread negative water? Do you want to go back and talk Hell in a Cell twenty nineteen, please? Yeah, that that hammer spot. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the, so, the big mallet spot. So let's leave this match where it is. Again, Lana's getting her push. She got the clean pinfall. This is probably going to set up a tag match for the championship belt. I, I, but again, it's very disjointed. You do not need your Raw Women's Champion to be in a title program for the Tag Team Championships because you do not have anybody else in line to have a tag team program with because you took tag teams and broke them up to make 
other disjointed tag teams that make no sense. Okay. I, I don't have anything else to say. Let's move on. Okay. Speaking of another faction, um, her business. Okay. I really, really like Cedric Alexander's character work in this faction where he's like the hot-headed youngster. And he's just selfish? He's selfish, yeah. But, so we're jumping ahead to the very end of this match. Cedric Alexander versus Xavier Woods. Well, actually, no, we can jump into this at the beginning because as Shelton's talking, Cedric, Cedric jumps runs in front right of into the ring and gets right in Xavier Woods' face. Now... I've heard people who aren't really high on these guys continuing their feud, but if you actually look back at it, this is true 50-50 booking because mm-hmm. both these teams actually have two victories, albeit the Hurt Business was a, a count-out was victory. a count-out victory for Hurt Business, but it's still a victory. And then their other victory, I believe, was a one-on-one match between Kofi Kingston and Shelton Benjamin a few weeks ago where Benjamin, Bel- Benjamin got the victory over yeah. Kofi. So... It seems as if like the Hurt Business keeps winning the one-on-one affairs where the tag team matches where it's true cohesion, they're not winning. And this laid the seeds of why they're not winning because Cedric is a hothead. He's this pompous young kid. And yeah, he can take care of business in the ring by himself, as he clearly yeah, proved. Which, which at the end of this match, when he gets the victory, he jumps up on the ropes and starts cheering and... Hyping himself up. And then he runs up the ramp and he's and, like all pumped up. Well, and while he's doing that, MVP and Shelton are in the ring like, what the hell is this kid doing? Yeah. It's supposed to be best for bit. It's like back to the authority, best for business. Yeah. This kid only cares about himself, which is going to have him start to be going back and forth verbally with Shelton and with MVP. Yep. Which eventually, in my opinion, hopefully, should get him and him under the reins and in line which that leads to their title win. Or it could lead to him being excommunicated. Yeah, but you didn't do but all the work. But that's way too early yeah, to do it. Yeah, you did all the work to get him in to just get him out in exactly. like two months. So that's why I'm thinking it's... Tighten up. The- they're going to finally get him under the reins, teach him, hey, dumbass, it's a group effort here. It's not singles. Singles wins mean nothing in tag team division. Yeah. Except when it was one on one on one for the tag team championships with uh, oh. when New Day won their what ninth yeah title that was weird. COVID, uh, exactly. Next segment: Triple Tret. Yes, Lee Riddle Styles. So, um, really good match. I mean, all these guys are talented. Lee and Riddle looked amazing, and Styles won. That's exactly how it should be done. Yeah. Is because I, you're building Keith Lee to be this amazing monster single star. Yes. You're putting Riddle over as one of the greatest, one of the best in-ring talents in WWE right now. Yeah, with his and striking and everything else he can do in the ring. And his submissions and all that. Dude, and I you, thought he was going to powerbomb Lee there for I a second. I loved it. I thought he was going to, and then his back gave out and stuff like that. Oh, man. And then you have AJ Styles, who is the seasoned veteran of WWE, be it only there for four years, but still... He came in in 2016. He's still the seasoned ven- veteran of WWE right now. He's the seasoned veteran of Raw. He's getting his title opportunity. And he's a wily veteran because he was exactly. able to hit at the right time because both those those uh, those knee strikes by Riddle basically took Lee out of the match. And then what do you get? Phenomenal, Phenomenal forearm. forearm for the win. For the win. 
and it sets up like we were saying later on in the night. You get the conversation between John Morrison, Miz, and AJ Styles, and AJ Styles and Jordan. Yep. So, which this I is what I liked be- was that. AJ was like, yeah, I'll help you cash in. Yeah. And Miz was like, why are you so willing to help me? And he's like, because it's so much easier to beat you for the title than Drew. Yes. Because he admits, oh, he has to face Drew McIntyre. Oh, wait, I have to face, face Drew McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that. I, it, it, it puts the money in the bank back in more of a comedic sense, like we yeah. were dealing with with Otis. But, but in a comedic sense where it's works, legitimate. But it works because, again, AJ knows he can go over on someone mm-hmm. like um, Miz. And, he and, even tr- and it was a good way to bring it from SmackDown to Raw where it's a lot more realization. Because mm-hmm. if Miz was on SmackDown trying to cash in on Roman, that would <laughs> not work. No. Drew is anybody still... Ca- anybody cashing in on Roman isn't going to work right yeah. now. Still, Drew is this big, big money character, but it's a lot more... I mean, he's already lost the title once. He's lost the title once, and he's a face. Yeah. And faces make better chases, as they you do. always said. Yes, I do. So, next segment, or next match, we've, we've already, already mentioned this. Dana Brooke Reckoning. Yep. The best <laughs> part about this... And Reckoning one can't keep her mask on. We talked about that. That was the one thing about we kept saying about her is how she's always playing with her mask when she was in Fell promos off and stuff. Twelve seconds, not even. If it made five seconds in this match, yeah. it came right off, yeah. and it was nothing you could do. The referee's kind of like, uh, 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 and you could see Mia Yim kept trying to like block her face and stuff. And at one point, she's just like, ah, whatever. And they they got to the roll up finish, and it is what it is. Coming out of it, though, you have Mustafa Ali yelling at Reckoning like you're letting the group down, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to see a dissension in this group with this character yet. I I mean, I'd like to see Mia Yim. I'd like to see Mia Yim as Mia Yim. As Mia Yim and doing the Mia Yim things, head batty in charge and stuff like that. I just, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep her in Reckoning, uh, in Retribution as Reckoning. They've just got to figure out a way with the mask what to do because she's going to continue to lose it in these matches. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a match that I was looking forward to because it was really the the build was relatively quick from a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I and again, Dana Brooke didn't need the win. I think Reckoning needed it way more to pulverize her up because you're trying to build <laughs> Retribution and they're not doing a good job building Retribution whatsoever. No. no. Show ended with a tag team match between Miz and Morrison and Sheamus and McIntyre. Yes. I like the McIntyre stuff right before. Still calling out Roman Reigns, saying about how, you know, he had no business losing that match to Roman if yeah. it wasn't for Jey Uso. They're both going to get their comeuppance. So I like that. Yeah. I like that I th- a lot. I think they're going to have a face to face in the Rumble. I think, they sh- I think they should have another match. If you get a face to face, I think yeah. these two guys should have another match. Yeah, I could see it. Get rid of the, get rid of the brand stuff. Get these guys in yeah. the ring together. Yeah. I'd enjoy that. Yes. Um, but yeah, this uh match was very short. Um, I believe it came to it didn't come to a finish, did it? No, it was disqualification because of AJ Styles. That's right. Yeah, AJ, AJ got involved. AJ got involved to um, set up the money in the bank cash in. Yeah, which that Miz hesitated on. It's like, don't tell me when to cash in. Don't tell me Okay, yeah, I guess I'll cash in now, and then he eats a claymore. Yeah, so he gave he gave him a chance to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Miz being the dumb shit heel that he is, cost him cost him a chance because the phenomenal form pretty much finishes everybody off. It's just oh, yeah. what it does. 
So it's one of the most protective moves in WWE. So you can see that they're setting up this, like, okay, everybody wants to come for me. I'm the champion. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give everybody a piece of me when 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 time. He's, he's at the top of the mountain. He's yes, got he plenty of people coming after him. Yes, he does. So, like I said, middle of the road raw. Yeah, um, had its had its good points. Most of the stuff to me was. You know, low Bs, high Cs. There was some yeah. definite failures in this, and there was some good high point. Like there yeah. was definitely an A segment, which is which the was the opening segment. segment. Yeah. Yep. And everything else kind of trickled down from there. Yeah. But it wasn't like it was a straight decline because the last segment was much better than some of the segments. Yes, uh, especially the segment right before it. Exactly. It was definitely a pick me up from that. Yeah. But anyway, that basically wraps up this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can definitely hit us up at Double Doink Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or on our personals at Dave the Doink and at the J Ald. Um, if you have, if you enjoyed the show, you can like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify, or any of your favorite uh, streaming platforms. Um, I think that basically wraps this up. Again, if you have any questions, hit us up. We're always here to take feedback. Um, But this has been a Double Doink Network production. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.